simply want to talk about the, the, the idea of influence. The idea of influence. Every one of you has experienced influence in your life. You've experienced influence today. Uh, so for some of you, are like, well, I'm not sure. But somebody influenced you along the road to come to this church to be a part of what's happening here. Some of you, you know, somebody invited you and they kind of influenced your, your idea to try it once and then you never left. You know, for some, for others, you know, it was just you were influenced by your mom because it's Mother's Day and she's like, all I want for Mother's Day for you to go to church. And so you've been influenced to get out of bed and to be here this morning. Um, for, for others, you know, what you're wearing this morning, that was influence. You know, you saw somebody and you thought, that's cool, I'm going to wear that. What you ate for breakfast this morning was possibly influenced by your children. You know, you want healthy cereal, they want sugar. And so it's not worth the battle. Let's do sugar this morning. It's Mother's Day. Whatever it, whatever it may be, there's been influence in your life. You know what you did last night, whether you remember it or not, you know, that was probably influenced by somebody. And so this influence takes a, takes a, 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 plays a big part in our lives. And so, you know, I want to talk about that this morning in light of, of this, uh, this topic of Holy Spirit. Um, the dictionary defines influence as this. It's the capacity to have an effect on the character, on the development, and, or on the behavior of someone or something. The capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone or something. To be able to influence um, uh, others around you to change. And so, you know, we know that, that, you know, ads and different things can have an influence on our lives. Ultimately, people have the, the, one of the biggest influence in our, in our lives. And that's why, as you're a te- if you're a teenager, that's why your parents care about who you hang out with. If they're good parents, they're like, yeah, we don't, really don't want you hanging around with those people. And you're like, why not? They're the coolest. I know they seem cool now, but they're also going to be the ones without jobs, you know, in trouble, you know, later on in their lives. We just don't want you being around them because we know the power of, of influence. And for others, you know, it's the, it's the power of, of, of a positive influence. Uh, that you can have on other people. How many of you have had friends that, you know, they talked you into stuff and later on you're like, oh, I totally regret doing that. You know, and then you're, and you're like, come on, you guys made, and they're like, well, you did it. You know, it's, it's like they kind of toss you under the bus after the end. How many of you have had friends or people in your life that have influenced you in some ways and you're just like, I am so thankful for the influence that they were in my life. You know, I know that um, with, um, with Mother's Day, our moms and mothers in general have had a major influence on our, on our lives. You know, as they do surveys and stuff around the world, just asking random questions, uh, this is one of the things that, that keeps coming up, how influential moms have been in, in people's lives. Daughters, they said 64% of the, the daughters between 8 and 21 share the same, um, the same love for the types of movies that their mothers have. They have this connection there. 44% share the same fashion because there's this, this, this um, connection there. And what was really, really interesting to me is the, the university freshmen, they, they did, were doing a poll of that asking, who's the most influential people? and they were doing just a a study on on influence and famous people. And 40% of these university freshmen said that their mom was the most influential person that they they had known uh, to that date. It's incredible. You know, it's incredible how that, that plays a part in our lives. Uh, but as we even realize, you know, I could, there, there's been one mother uh, who had no children, who's, been, who's had an incredible influence on our world around us. For, for you who need some, a few more tips, when you know who that is, just shout it out. It's not your mom. But there you go. Mother Teresa. Why? Why is it what, that her life is so celebrated? It's because of the influence that she had, not just on the, the people of Calcutta, but also of, of the, the, the leaders around the world who looked at this woman who just lived her life for others and the incredible amount of influence. You know why that happens? You know why all the, like, the little influence and the big influence happens in our life? We were designed for that to be that way. 
Do you realize that you're designed to be influenced? That God wired you that way? And he also has designed you to be an influence. And so both of these things is what I want to talk about in relation to Holy Spirit this morning. So if you turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, it says this. It's just sort of our, our start out verse. Don't be drunk with wine. Uh, we'll get to that later. Uh, because that'll ruin, <laughs> that'll ruin your life. Uh, I'm not kidding. Uh, instead, be filled with Holy Spirit, he says. And so just as we've been talking about this whole series on Holy Spirit, there's some people like wondering, you know, well, what does it mean to be filled with Holy Spirit? And do I have Holy Spirit if I, you know, and we've, we'll be talking in the next couple of weeks about, you know, the gifts of the Spirit. And, you know, for some, they talked about speaking in tongues. And for others, there's these thoughts of, you know, um, do I have Holy Spirit in me or not? And, and it's, a little bit, it's a little bit murky. So just for the sake of this morning, I just want to clarify one thing. There's a difference between receiving Holy Spirit and being filled with Holy Spirit. So when Paul writes to the Ephesian church and says, hey, I want you to be filled with Holy Spirit, he's telling believers, followers of Jesus, that there's a, there's a step for them that he wants them to experience. He wants them to be filled with Holy Spirit. They had already received Holy Spirit because the, the, the Bible teaches that as we become a follower of Jesus, when we decide that we want to follow Jesus Christ, we, we turn from sin and decide we're living for him instead of us. Something intangible happens on the inside. We, we, don't know how to, we don't know how to describe it, but you ask anybody who's become a follower of Jesus, you remember that moment. And, and so many people describe it in different ways. Some will say, like, it was like, I don't know, I, I, I was, just felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. You know, for some, you feel like, I finally feel clean on the inside. For others, it's like, I finally feel forgiven, or I finally feel loved, and there's something that, that happens on the inside, and you're like, I, I don't know how to describe, I just said, you know, I, I just made a decision to follow Christ, and something happened on the inside. You know what that is? That's the very Spirit of God coming to live on the inside of you. So if you're a follower of Jesus, you have Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. Um, and, and you say, well, I need more proof. Well, in Acts, if you look at it, when Peter was preaching um, they, one of his first sermons in Acts, he said this in verse 38. He replied to them as they asked, hey, what do we do to become followers of Jesus? And maybe that's your question this morning. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus. You're, you know, you're just kind of checking out church. The same, and you have that thought, what, you know, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? Peter replied and said this, each of you must repent of your sins. Change your mind about sin. That, you know, that, that it's empty. It leaves you empty. And he says, instead of looking at that, turn to God instead. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And it says, then, then what? After that, then you'll receive the gift of Holy Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 1, Paul wrote to them and said, Listen, God's purpose, his whole plan that's always been is this, was that the Jews who, uh, would be the first to trust in Christ and that they would bring praise and glory to God. And he says, And now you Gentiles, you've also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. You've heard the truth that God saves you. And it says, And when, when you believed in Christ, when you made that decision to put your faith and trust and, and, and trust in him with your life, he says he identified you as his own by giving you um, the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. He says he's in you. He says the Spirit's God's guarantee. Knowing that you have Holy Spirit on the inside, it's God's guarantee that he's going to give you an inheritance that he promised and that he purchased you to be his own people. And he did this so we would praise and glorify him. The whole idea of, of being a follower of Jesus is that he puts his spirit on the inside of you and that you can know that you're his child by knowing that you have his spirit on the inside. But for so many people, that's kind of where it ends. 
I, I'm amazed that, uh, you know, we have this um, pre-marriage class thing that, um, that we, we teach people a little bit how to have an awesome marriage. And, and uh, so as they have to fill out these forms, we ask them questions about everything. What do you know about this? And what do you know about this? And what do you know about money? And what do you know about faith and spirituality? And we'll ask this question, are you a Christian? And typically the answer is yes. And then there'll be some follow-up questions, you know, like, do you read your Bible regularly? No. You know, do you pray regularly? No. And there's always a no but. You know, but I'm getting better. You know, or, or no but. And it's like, you know, are you a member of a church? Well, no. You know, do you, do you attend church regularly? Mm, sometimes, right? And there's this thing of, yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I believe in Jesus, that, he's, that he saved me. But it's kind of, that's where it's at. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily affect my life in any, in any other way. And for, for many Christians, we'd say, you know, followers of Jesus, there, there's a missing ingredient. There's an ingredient missing in their life, and it's this idea of being filled with Holy Spirit. Um, uh, and so for some, uh, if you think about um, baking, I don't know if any of you are bakers here. Some of you, I'm, I'm terrible at that, but, but if you're a baker, you understand that, you know, you can substitute ingredients every once in a while. You know, if you're baking something, you're baking, let's say you're baking apple pie, you know, you can bake apple pie, and you can forget to put the cinnamon in, and it's still going to be a decent apple pie, Right? But if you're baking apple pie and you forget to put the apples in, you, uh, you got nothing, right? It's gonna, your guests are going to be like, oh, what is this, cinnamon pie? You know, you can't miss that ingredient and still have apple pie. And it's the same. It's the same with life in Christ. If as a Christian, you think you can have Christianity without being filled with Holy Spirit, you really don't have what, it's meant, what life in Christ is meant to be. If you, are a, if you would call yourself a Christian and find it boring, you're missing a massive ingredient. And so we're not doing any, any justice if we don't talk about what it's like and what it means to be full of Holy Spirit because it's what he's designed for our lives to be. The plan was not that you would just receive Holy Spirit and be like, ah, I'm a Christian going to heaven now. And I don't know what the rest of my life's going to be like. He said the idea was that you would receive Holy Spirit and that you would be filled by him and with him and, and that your life would be like rolling and perking and just uh, this amazing life of living with Christ. It's not all going to be rainbows. It's not going to be that there's no struggles, but you're in it with him and you know it. And here's why he said this. Because Paul, as he's writing to the Ephesians, where we started with Ephesians chapter 5, he was, he, he was encouraging these believers with, with a thought he said, you know, you guys, you're still kind of drawn to this sin and darkness thing. He's like, Jesus rescued you from that. And yet there's this drawing there. And some of you can, you can relate. As a follower of Christ, there's still these drawings and temptations of sin. Anybody else? Let's raise our hands just in case there's nobody else. All right. So, uh, you know, but there's this drawing that leads us there. And he's saying, you know what? I, that's, not, that's not what really this was all about. And sometimes the darkness looks like a little bit interesting. And he's saying, that's really, you're missing something because the light is far more interesting. But he says, there's this, this drawing. He says, you know what happens when you start going this way? The people around you, your family and, the, and, and your, your boss and, you know, your kids and, and your wife and, and, and the people around you in your church, they feel the brunt of it. There, there's this, you guys are angry. You guys are fighting with each other. There's jealousy. There's just like this ugness. That's what he says in the Bible, King James. This ugness, you know, that you just really, you really don't want. He said it wasn't designed to look like that. And so he said this in verse 17. He says, and right in the middle, he says, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. He's like, don't, don't uh, misunderstand or don't, don't just kind of live life thoughtlessly. He says, know what God wants you to do. And then he says this, don't be drunk with wine, 
because it's going to ruin your life. Instead, be filled with Holy Spirit. And for some of you, read that and you're like, don't be drunk with wine. You know, it'll ruin your life. That's the only life I have, you know? I, I, don't, know, I don't know how to have fun until I have a few. I go to a party, I'm like, and then I have a few, and it's like liquid courage, and I, I'm in, you know? And for some, it's like, you know, like, I, I don't know how these two things even relate. You're like, why is Paul putting these two things, these two polar opposite thoughts in the Bible? Don't be drunk with wine to ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why is he even comparing these two? Because they, they seem like they're on different ends of the, of the scale. But the reason that he's um, comparing these seemingly unrelated things is that they are actually related. Do you know what? Ha- you know, when we say you're drunk with wine, we would say that you're under the under the influence of something. You're under the influence of wine, and that's when you do stuff that you don't remember, and usually, you know, you'll do stuff that with, with regret. It's because you were under the influence. You wouldn't do those things. You know, you wouldn't normally drive your vehicle into the ditch if you weren't under an influence, right? You normally wouldn't take on that guy uh, at the party or wherever you were and think, yeah, I can take him, and you're like 100 pounds, and he's 300, and he works out. You're like, yeah, I, I got this, right? You wouldn't do that if you weren't under a different influence. He's saying, and that's why Paul's saying, he's like, hey, when you're drunk with wine, you're under an influence, you know, that, that will mess up your life. You might marry the wrong person simply because you were under the wrong influence. You know, the, 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 the thoughts, as he says, don't be drunk with wine. Don't be under that influence. Instead, I want you to be filled with Holy Spirit. And he says that idea of being filled with Holy Spirit is that you're so full of him that he leaks out of your life. When people see you, they just can't help but see Jesus. They can't help but see Holy Spirit in your life. And they can't help but see his influence on you. See, when you're under the influence, you think differently. Like we just described, when you're under the influence of alcohol, you think differently than normal. That's why they don't let you drive when you uh, are under the influence. But with Holy Spirit, under his influence, you think differently. You begin to see things and hear things like, well, cancer. And you begin to think differently about that and be like, you know what? I believe that God can heal, but I also believe that he can carry me through. I believe he can give me the strength. I believe, you know, there's something different. I'm not, I'm not signing my death certificate on it. Because you believe something different. You can believe the the... Um, you begin to talk differently. You know, if you're under the influence, you know. You, they begin to slur, and it's different. But he says, under the influence, you talk differently. It's like the things that, that come out of you bring life into those around you. You act differently. We know about this. We won't describe it anymore. But on this side, you act differently because you begin to live out what you really believe. And he's saying, I want you to be under Holy Spirit's influence. He's like, be filled with Holy Spirit. And, and for some of you, you're like, oh, man, good thing I don't drink. Because this has got to be real uncomfortable for those who do. We're not off the hook. Because if Paul was writing it, I'm sure that he would just simply write, don't be in, under any other influence. Whatever it might be. You know, it might be alcohol. It might be drugs. It might be peer pressure. You're in high school, and he's saying to you, hey, you know what? I'm not limited to adults. I, I work through kids and teens, too. Don't be under the influence of what all your friends think is cool and what they think. He says, but keep being filled with me. Keep being under the influence of Holy Spirit. Don't be influenced by fear. Fear is a nasty master that will like, just destroy all of your potential. He says, don't be influenced by that. Don't be influenced by negativity. Maybe you hang around with so many people who are like negative, 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 and, and it affects them. They're miserable. And as you kind of listen to it, you become miserable. He's like, don't, don't live under that influence. He says, be influenced by Holy Spirit. That's all he tells you. And you know, the list could be a, a thousand things because it's basically everything over here or this. Just simply be influenced by Holy Spirit. 
And he said that we've been designed that way, that we'd be influenced by him. And when he says to know, be filled, that's that idea of keep being filled. It's not just this one time where you say, you know, I want to be filled with, with Holy Spirit. It's this realization that I need this all the time, more and more that I need to be filled with Holy Spirit. And so for some, you know, as we've t- we see it in the book of Acts where they were filled with Holy Spirit at the beginning and then a couple days later, they got arrested and they're on trial and their lives do not look good. They're like, Jesus, I thought if we followed you, it would be great. And they just got whipped. And they're like, uh, we just got, you know, beaten. We're told we're not allowed to preach anymore. This life's not great. And they begin to pray and say, Holy Spirit, would you fill us? And he gives them strength and boldness to do uh, what he called them to do again. See, when we ask Holy Spirit to fill us, we're not getting more of Holy Spirit. When, we, when he's in you, you have Holy Spirit in you. When you ask and say, Holy Spirit, you know, um, would you fill me? What, what's happening is that he's getting more of you. It's like, a, it's like a, a, a bucket of rocks or a jar of rocks, you know, that you pour water in. There's only so much space. But if you say, Holy Spirit, would you fill me? As you just simply pray that prayer, you're not taking the rocks out of your life saying, oh, you know, I need, I need more. You're just saying, God, I'm giving you my life all the rocks, the weights, the sins, but I want you to fill me. I want to live under your influence. And he begins to draw those things out of you and allows for, for, for you to be, to be more his, to be more under his influence, to think and act and respond differently than you normally would. You know, as um, we talk about uh, Holy Spirit and we see, you know, the, the, the design was never that, you know, that, that it would be some, um, some big show or some flashy things that happened and then, then it was done. You know, it wasn't designed that Holy Spirit would come so we could have the book of Acts and then that was it. It was designed that Holy Spirit would come in our lives and that we would live out of that influence and experience what some of the things that they experienced, but we would experience uh, life with him. Um, Acts chapter 1, Peter is... Uh, uh, or actually Luke writes it down, but it's this conversation. He says that when Jesus was eating with his disciples, he commanded them, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he promised, which they found out was, was Holy Spirit. And he says, John baptized with water, but just a few days you'll be baptized with Holy Spirit. Jesus promised to his followers then and now is that they would be baptized with Holy Spirit. And the word baptized, you know, if you look that one up, it's got some different meanings. There's one called bapto and there's one called baptizo. And this word that he's using is the word baptizo. And you're like, well, what does that matter? Because when we think of baptism, what do you think of? Somebody standing there, they get dipped in the water and they come back out of the water, right? That's what we don't hold them under. Um, that's, so we, we are, we are having a baptism service coming up and you would, you know, you've, you've seen that they dip them and they bring them out. That word's called bapto. And we, we learned the difference between this from, from a Greek poet and physician named Nicander. He lived about in uh, 200 uh, AD. And so Nicander wrote, actually, he used the same Greek words that, they, that are used in, in scripture. And he was writing this, um, this recipe for pickles. And so we found in the recipe for pickles these same two words, bapto and baptizo. And he said, you know, when you're making pickles, you first have to dip them, bapto them, in in some boiling hot water and then take them out. And then he says, then you baptizo them in vinegar. It's this idea of you put them in and you leave them there until what happens? The cucumber becomes what? A pickle. It completely changes. It's no longer what it once was. And he's saying that same idea that you would be baptized in Holy Spirit, that you are so in him and he's so in you, that you just, you're changed into something that you, you never were um, before. That his influence would change you and that through that you would influence others as well. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, the reason I want to influence you is that the world would be changed. He says, you'll receive power, which is just strength and ability, sometimes supernatural power. 
But he says, power to be my witnesses. And witnesses as another two, two thoughts. Witnesses is that you would be able to go out and tell what you've seen and what you've heard. So I'm going to give you the ability to talk about, about me. What you've seen a man raised from the dead is what he was telling them. You're going to be able to share that with strength and ability. And it was this idea that he, they would have strength and power to live for Christ. We need that. Some of you find it hard to live for Christ at your workplace. No, you, I, I even do sometimes. <laughs> you know, I, I, I can get, I, never mind about me. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. So, but some of you have a difficulty. You know, some of you are like, nobody at my workplace even knows that I'm a follower of Jesus. You, you just don't, you know, you know somebody that said something about and You see what happens to them and you're like, I don't want to be on that side. Do you know he says that being, by being filled with Holy Spirit, it'll give you the power to live out that life. And the other word for, for witness, the word's martyrs. It's where we get the word martyr. He says, you know what, I'll even give you the power and strength to die for me. And that's something we think about, oh, I don't really want to think about that aspect of it. But so often our lives with Christ is just so designed on how he's going to make our life better. It's, all, it's kind of all about us. I'm God and I believe in Jesus, so he's supposed to do stuff for me to make my life better. And why would I serve him if he doesn't make my life better? And he would say, you know what, your life was a mess till I sent Jesus. I rescued you and saved you and gave you the chance to live. Live out just in response to that. And he's saying, you know, it's it's this idea of relationship being filled with Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 5, Paul writes, that was to affect all of those around you. As he says in verse 19, sing to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. What, you know, blesses me to hear as you guys are singing out the words of truth this morning. It's inspiring to me. And he says to, you know, to, to others, he says, you know, in verse 20, let your life be lived out in gratitude to the Lord. You know, thinking about him as opposed to you. When's the last time you just simply thanked God for something? When's the last time you thanked him for what, what he's done in your life? In verse 21, he says, yield to one another. Let them be more important than you. And then he talks about wives. He starts meddling with marriage saying, be filled with Holy Spirit so that in your marriage, you wives can yield to, to your husbands as unto the Lord. And he's saying, you know, we want everybody to yield to one another. And he says, with, um, with uh, husbands, he says, I want you to love your wives like Christ loves the church. But guess what? You need to be filled with Holy Spirit to do that. You can't love like Christ loves the church without having his influence in your life. You can't do it. And he says, you know, um, children, honor your parents so that, you, that you'll live long. And then he talks about bosses and he talks about employees and he talks about everything. Because his idea was that as we live under his influence, that would influence every other relationship around us and in turn would, would influence the world. Jesus said it to his disciples, you guys are like salt and like light. Go out and shine. Go out and, and be, you know, the, the influence in the world around you. But let me say this, you cannot influence for him until you've been influenced by him. You have no chance to influence for him unless you've been influenced by him. So it leaves us with this thought, how can I be filled with Holy Spirit? You know, we've talked about relationship with him, about knowing him, listening for his voice. How can I be filled with him and what does that mean? Paul told the Corinthians, and we're talking about this in a couple of weeks, he says, desire spiritual life. Pursue it. Go after it. And the word means desire earnestly. Pursue it. Burn with zeal for. Strive after. Exert oneself after this life with Holy Spirit. How many of you would describe your Christian life that way? That you're just zealous for it. You just want to know him more. That you're exerting energy and effort. You're going to Bible studies and you're going to check out the farm and you're going to check out other places because I just want to know him. 
How many of you have and could describe your life that way? As I go down the list, there's a few fail, fail, fail. But he's saying, hey, you know what? The, the thing is, if you want life with the Holy Spirit to be filled with him, there's got to be a desire and there's got to be a, a bit of pursuing. And it says this, to simply ask. Just ask. He was saying the song, Good, Good Father. That comes from uh, Luke chapter 11, where Jesus was saying to his followers, he's like, if your kids ask you for something, you'll give, you'll give them good gifts. Like, you're not going to give them a scorpion when they want a, an ice cream sundae. He says, you're going to give them something good because you, you think you're a good father. He's like, he's a good, good father. And if you ask for Holy Spirit, he's going to give them to you. If you say, God, you know, I want to be filled with you, he's going to answer that. He's going to um, put that in your life. And it was this idea of this continual, continual asking. So in closing today, this is my questions. A couple thoughts for you to think about and mull over and, and kind of wrestle with. Question number one is, how are you influencing the world around you? Some would like to say, well, I don't think I'm influencing at all. Not good, not bad. Everyone is influencing somebody around them somehow. If you're not intentional about it, it's just sort of happening. How are you influencing the world around you? Are you positive? Is it, is it a positive influence? Is it a negative influence? Are people better because they're around you? Are they inspired because they're around you? Are you salt? Are you light shining uh, in a dark place? Or are you just part of the darkness? Are you influencing the world at all for Christ? How would you answer that? And that's not an, a negative thought because it comes down to the second question is who or what is influencing you? Who or what is influencing you this morning? Whose influence are you under this morning? I'm hoping you're not drunk. I'm hoping it's not wine. You never know. But what influence are you under this morning? Maybe you're under the influence of fear. Maybe you're under the influence of peer pressure. Maybe you're under the influence of apathy. Maybe you're under the influence of, I wish he'd get done so I can get to the cafe. I, I, whatever the influence would be. I, and I know how you think. I've been there before. <laughs> but this idea of being under Holy Spirit's influence, can you say that's the influence that I'm, that I'm under? Have you asked Holy Spirit into your, to fill your life? I know for many of you, you've asked Christ to save you, but have you actually asked Holy Spirit to fill your life? I hope over the last four weeks that we've been able to help you understand and explain that there's not a lot of weird stuff that's going to happen to you, that you're not going to go nuts and loopy and crazy if you engage in relationship with Holy Spirit. But on the flip side, I hope that it would inspire desire for you to say, God, okay, it's just me. I just want to know you. I want to be filled by you. When's the last time that you asked him to fill your life? It could be as simple as this, praying something simple like this, saying, Holy Spirit, I ask you to fill my life today. I want you to direct my steps today. God, would you guide my life today? Would you lead me into your truth, into all truth today? God, would you pray? Holy Spirit, would you pray through my prayers? Would you speak through my words Holy Spirit, would you see through my eyes so I see the world the way you do? Would you help me to shine today as a witness for Christ? Would you help me to be more like Jesus and bring glory to him today? Would you fill me with you so that you would influence my life, so you'd influence my actions, you'd influence my thoughts, you'd influence my decisions today, that you'd even influence my desires, and that through that I might be an influence to point people towards you. It's a simple thing. And for some, you're like, I, you know, for some, in my past, every time people have prayed to be filled with Holy Spirit, there was this uh, sort of this expectancy that something was going to be immediate. 
that you're going to feel something, that you're going to sense something, that there's going to be something that happens. It's not always the case. But as you ask and say, you know, continually being in that place saying, Holy Spirit, would you fill me? And you're in that mode of saying, I just want to be filled by you under your influence. Guess what? Things will happen. You're going to notice things in your family. You're going to notice things. You're going to notice the fruit of the Spirit in your life, and others will too. They'll be like, what's wrong with you? You know, who, where, you know, you know where's my husband, and, and who are you? You know, that, that, that idea, because it it's changes. Just asking and living out life under his influence. And guess what? There'll even be miraculous things that can happen through your life because he's powerful. He just needs somebody to move through. Somebody who's willing to be under his influence to allow those things to happen. So this morning, I want to encourage you with those thoughts. Who's influencing you? How are you influencing the world? And have you asked Holy Spirit to fill you? Because that is what this Christian life was really meant to be all about and how it was meant to be lived. Can we pray? Holy Spirit, we recognize your presence in our lives and in this place. And we just ask right now together that you would come and fill us. Father, I pray that you'd fill every person here whose heart is longing for you with your, with your uh, spirit. That it wouldn't just be that we're aware of you, but that we would be influenced and uh, affected so deeply by you. Lord, our, our lives need it, but those around us need it too. And so we just uh, pray today too that Holy Spirit, you'd remind us this afternoon and, and tomorrow and, and the next day to continually be in that place of being open to you filling our lives with you. Uh, thank you for your word that helps clarify things and, and help us understand uh, what you desire for us and, and to live. But thank you most of all for the relationship we can have with you. Just hearing your voice and, and knowing you, it's amazing. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross, what you did there for us to even give us the chance to, to have life and to live free and forgiven. We want to live in response to that this week. Please help us to see those around us who need you. Uh, and may we be a light that shines bright as a result. It's in your name we pray. Amen.